What happens when a blind man, a woman of color, and a child of immigrants get together to discuss how diversity, inclusion, and equity affect your business? Hi everybody, welcome to the Choose Inclusion podcast. I'm UB, and I am the Latino white guy of the group. I'm Nina, I am the woman of color in the group. And I'm Mike, I'm uh, the blind guy. Hello, Choose Inclusion audience. How are you? This is UB. Uh, as always, welcome back. And I'm here with Mike and Nina. Hello, team. Hello. Hello, everyone. Top of the morning to you. And uh, so excited about today's guest. Me too. You know, I was thinking, Mike, because um, you always say, you know, top of the morning or good morning or something like that. And it's funny because we're not exactly sure when people are listening to this. So it's always, I always think about that with like, with, what is the audience, you know, but that's, hey, that's the bag, you know, that's the behind the scenes stuff that you never hear about. So it's kind of exciting. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yes, uh, very excited um, about our guest today. So Jose Peranian, um, first of all, I, and I, Jose, I want you uh, to, to correct me or not, but I, I have a friend who's Armenian and, you know, the IAN in a last name often indicates that. So we can talk about that. But uh, Jose uh, was born and raised in Lebanon, lives in Toronto now. Uh, he's a TEDx speaker and a stand-up comedian and, a, you know, a warrior for inclusivity. Um, and he's also a stutterer. And so we're going to talk about all that today. But first, I just want to welcome you to the show, Jose. How are you? Hello. And uh, uh, thank you for having me, Yubi, Nina, and Mike. And for the benefit of the listeners, I will mention, as Yubi just said, I stutter your internet connection is fine. There is no need to re refresh here. <laughs> and yes, I am, my background is Armenian, just like the, the, the Kardashians, hence the I-A-N. And I was born in in Lebanon. Oh man, the Kardashians. That's a whole other show. <laughs> well, <laughs> Jose, it's so great to have you. Um, yeah, I, I really, I, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, you know, your, your growing up in Lebanon and, and how it really, you know, kind of shaped you and, and, put you on this journey that you're on today, because I think it will resonate with a lot of people like Mike, you know, I think Absolutely. You, you both have a very similar story. So I'd, I'd love, I'd love to our audience to, to hear that because I think it will resonate. I, I knew Mike was a Lebanese name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Definitely believe that the fact that I grew up in a society where being different is a bit taboo 
is not necessarily necessary necessarily celebrated that definitely contributed to to more intense adversity in the short term however that intense adversity eventually turned into a uh, drive that led to the accomplishment of 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 milestones that arguably would not have occurred had I not gone through those initial obstacles. And I say this with a lot of love towards my home country of of Lebanon. It is definitely a, a complex relationship in the sense that I love my home. And at the same time, I obviously had gone through some, some difficult years growing up being the different here. Jose, I, again, I, I totally, I, again, being, being blind, being born blind, I was, uh, um, you know, and I'm, I'm old enough now that they didn't really call it bullying, but I was, uh, like nowadays it would absolutely be called bullied, uh, picked on, beat up, um, all because I was blind, you know, being different um, in the world, uh, I, I think is, uh, it, it's the easy target for, uh, you know, so many experiences. But so the, I, I truly believe it, it did help shape me as well. Um, to talk to me about some of these milestones that, you know, these challenges you went through started to allow you to set for yourself and because I, I want to get on to all the amazing stuff you know like great that that happened and I'm sorry that happened to you as well but it seems like you're 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 crushing it now and I want to hear about these milestones please absolutely and thank you for thank you for sharing uh, a bit more about your journey i i am always amazed whenever i i talk to people in the in the ink inclusion space there definitely tends to be a pattern wherein people who gravitate towards this field have often gone through certain obstacles as well as this this feeling of of being insecure about being different and i often talk about how my starting point will with all of this was definitely self-hatred in the sense that i i this by being different. I and the way that they talk about as, assimilation at the cultural level, I think that I was attempting to quote unquote assimilate 
to the rest of the quote unquote normal society by by pretending that I I did not have an issue. And the only way I could achieve that was by not speaking at all. And in the past three or or so years, just to to switch from the from the somewhat difficult memories to all of the the positive milestones, I had gone from from uh, uh, avoiding speaking and people all the way to, as you mentioned, to speaking at TEDx, performing stand-up comedy in three continents and three languages. I stutter in six of them, which if you think about it, it really means I get to test people's patience internationally guys internationally (laughs) (laughs) and we all could use right i know (laughs) every single human being (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's so funny you you bring this up you because a few times i would be speaking with someone new and they would tell me have you ever been told that having a conversation with you feels like a meditation because you have to be present and patient to what you are saying so it's a grounding exercise see you should should be like a yoga instructor or a meditation instructor now i think that's you just added a new job (laughs) that is i am so happy you brought this up because i was literally just looking up how do you become a meditation teacher the other day because I do meditate every single day. It has become one of the pillars for resilience and emotional regulation on my journey. And I once heard someone say, we we teach what we most need to learn and in that sense i would i would definitely see myself as both a student and who knows maybe one day a a a teacher but to to go back to the trajectory here so it was i i started doing stand up comedy because I had picked up on the fact that when I joke about being different, the anxiety, the social anxiety surrounding it began melting away a bit. And I realized that, hey, 
if I go, for example, to a to a party, which is something I'm sure a, a, a lot of uh, a lot of us miss a bit these days in times of of the pandemic. But say, for example, I would go to a gathering or a party and I would talk to some new people, I had noticed that if I, if I made myself joke about it by saying, hey guys, it's nice to, to meet you. By the way, I, am, I have a stutter. I am not completely wasted. <laughs> that would instantly break the ice and i and i i would find you know i have to say that mike's laughter is my is my new favorite soundtrack in the world uh, <laughs> yeah so i yes i agree uh, yeah, so I, I had realized, and I'm sure maybe Mike can, can, can relate in terms of the the, the extent to which humor and comedy can enable us to cope and thrive. A bit, obviously, just. Uh, just say, but I, what's, what's interesting from my standpoint, when I go to, um, because, you know, like if I have my, uh, my cane with me, it's, it, there's usually only about, I mean, and I, I'm not exaggerating here. This isn't a poor me, but there's usually only a few people that actually are brave enough to come up to me because of the cane. Mm. So it's, so it's a little bit different. However, so I've, I, so when I'm on stage and I, I do speak in front of corporate audiences, um, all the time absolutely humor like you got to break down that 800 pound uh you know gorilla and, and and address that immediately because there's an uncomfortableness like like you, you know you and you and i it can innately feel uh you can probably see some of the uncomfortableness i can yeah. i can i can feel that uncomfortableness mm. so so i do i use humor a lot not a, not as talented as you though <laughs> <laughs> you've had some good ones mike uh <laughs> I mean, yeah, and then there's the asshole like me who's like sees the cane, and I'm like, oh man, I bet it would be fun to travel with Mike because then we'll totally get on the plane first, and they'll get us give us free booze the whole trip. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, they if I however travel with you guys, they might give both of your free booze and then look at me and say, you've had enough, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I am so looking forward to traveling with you, Jose. Right? Oh. <laughs> yeah, let's do a choose inclusion comedy tour. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, that, that would be uh, a lot of fun, yeah. Well, Jose, one of the things that you do is you actually talk to a lot of companies about this. You're going out and, you know, touting the benefits of an inclusive workplace culture and, you know, what are the things that companies can do to, to do it? I mean, what what angle like do you bring in um, and how do you talk about that with them that that's unique from, say, 
a lot of other DEI advocates out there? Sure. So I think, and, and, and maybe you guys were, uh, maybe you folks were onto this because of, of the name of the podcast in the first place, but there, there is obviously a difference be, between diversity on its own and, and diversity accompanied uh, uh, with inclusion. I had read this really awesome quote a while ago. This, this was a quote by, by a professional at Deloitte by the name of, of, of Zabine Hirji, who said, I think it is her who, who said, who, who said diversity is a, is a fact inclusion is an act so the first this distinction between the two is one of active versus passive in the sense that any organization can can choose to become statistically the most diverse in, in, employer in the country by firing all of their employees and replacing them with 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 people who rep, represent all of the all of the different demographic groups but Say, for example, they do do that in this hypothetical example, no one would argue that after one day that this company has an inclusive culture. They, they definitely would, would have nailed the, the diversity angle on paper, but for, for real, inclusion to to take place it is this abstract feeling of belonging to a culture to an environment and feeling like you can be yourself completely without having that fear that we were referring to initially Mike and I that fear of 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 being judged for being different and nor would you have to feel this this pressure to assimilate to the to the to the culture that you're in by pretending that you are not different so 
those are some of the 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 important this distinctions and then i'll conclude the the answer to, to this specific question by saying that i often like to compare dni to a a tango because it takes two to tango and what i mean by this is on the one hand yes we need to work on the the inclusive climate specifically i had i had learned a lot on on the inclusive climate from from dr from dr nishi at uh, Cornell, who who's who specializes in 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 diversity and inclusion, as well as uh, Elizabeth Nieto and Anna Duarte McCarthy, all of whom would be great guests on the podcast. If you have not had them on yet so this 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 question of inclusive climate is one that that they all speak about quite a bit and to that i will add specifically the necessity of directly empowering the individuals who are different to own their uniqueness, to conquer their their obstacles, and to and to understand that fear and taking action are are not mutually exclusive. And if you are the the only person of color in that boardroom, if you are the only person with a disability in a meeting if you are the only woman or the only trans individual in a room full full of men you might feel discomfort to speak up but as long as you become empowered in understanding that you can feel discomfort, but still act and still take this action that will fulfill your, your potential. That is when you end up with this successful marriage between the inclusivity of the climate and the empowerment of the individual. I, I mean, <laughs> I, every, that was an incredible um, takeaway. Everything you just talked about, man, that was, that was spot on. I love, I love it. And I, I think to, to kind of 
wrap up our conversation a little bit. Uh, oh, go ahead, Mike. I no, I just I'm I'm with you. Like that's that was <laughs> that was what we like to call uh, a mic drop. That was awesome. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was powerful. That really was. And uh, uh, the unique perspective that you're bringing, Jose, is uh, uh, incredible. It, it really is. Uh, and um, you you know as well as I do. Sometimes when people say that. That, that feels almost almost a little like it's uh, coming from a condescending or whatever. This is this is coming from a, a uh, an audience, a um, you know practitioners, uh, Nina Ubaldo and myself, who uh, get to listen to leaders in this space quite a bit. And your perspective is amazing, and I so appreciate your your time spent with us today. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh... Absolutely. And the reason why I laughed when you said mic drop, I didn't know if it was a pun based on your name. <laughs> it, it, it started that way for us. Okay, it, good, Mike, good, good. Yeah, Mike, Mike will have these mic drop sentences and, and <laughs> it's like you can't say anything after that. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, no, it, it was really, really awesome to, 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 to dive into these topics. I, w- one quick thing I want to leave on, um, because I yeah, think it's, it's important, you know, in, in America, um, President Joe Biden finally took mm-hmm, office, of which, is, which is exciting. Um, but can you just talk a little bit about, about President Biden and, and he could, because he's a stutterer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, it's so interesting during the election, I would see videos of him pop up on my social media and I would read the comments and see things like, clearly this person is unable to think clearly or the fact that he cannot put a sentence to together is a is a red flag as far as as his as his mental fitness is concerned and meanwhile i'm thinking those disfluencies that he is experiencing i've definitely experienced every one of those and i have had them mis- misinterpreted so so many times when people would hear me get stuck and assume all types of in inaccurate things about why it is that i sound different so it was definitely an an interesting experience to observe people's reactions to his speaking patterns and i got to to be to be interviewed on the news page now this about that topic about my stuttering journey in relation to to Joe Biden and how his stuttering was perceived 
by the voters. And I do think it, it, it is an interesting step forward. And I'm interested and intrigued to see what conversations this will, this will generate at the public level in terms of both of stuttering specifically, but also the disability and and other ways that people can be different. Jose, I just want to thank you so much for for coming on the podcast today and and sharing your story and sharing, you know, the the wisdom of your experiences and and how we can be applying that to all the work that we do. Um, And so, yeah, thank you for joining us. And I can't wait till you get back on that comedy tour so we can we can actually see you live. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, Jose, thank you very much. I uh, really appreciate your time and uh, as Nina says, your wisdom. And that's, it, it's, um, I think it's refreshing actually uh, to slow down a conversation. Nina, you had talked about working with a, a deaf community member in the past and uh, slowing our conversation down uh, to understand all of us is absolutely okay, regardless of our situation. So um, love it, love it, love it. Yes. Thank you both, and and you be. I mean, thank you all for 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 having me. This was a very intellectually stimulating conversation, and for for anyone who wishes to. Connect with me. I am on LinkedIn. It's just my full name, Jose Peranian, or on on Instagram at Yes Way Jose J O Z E. I post some of my comedy and some other stuff on there. And as Nina said. I too am really, am really looking forward for the the post pandemic world so that we're able to to be on on stages once again after all of the virtual events happening now it will be refreshing to be back on these uh, stages Thank you, Jose, and thank you to the listeners. As usual, uh, you can always catch uh, our episodes on chooseinclusion.com. We're on all the streaming services, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, all that good stuff. So thank you again, everyone, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Choose Inclusion podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can see closed captioning for this podcast on our YouTube channel. You can find us online on our website, chooseinclusion.com, and contact us on Twitter at chooseinclusion.